Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It is the morning of August 6th, 1945, in Hiroshima. It's been three months since Germany surrendered in the Second World War, and Japan has missed the Allied deadline to surrender by nine days. Millions of Japanese civilians are displaced, having fled their homes due to the air raids and propaganda leaflets warning that their cities would be bombed, and this included a third of Hiroshima's population. For those that have remained, though, it's a hot and humid day of 26 degrees Celsius, and the sky is clear. The city is set against a backdrop of rolling mountains and bridges. It is known as the City of Water, after all. Here, Old Japan meets New Japan. Buddhist temples and Shinto shrines sit side-by-side cinemas, shops, and military installations. At about 7 o'clock in the morning, the Japanese early warning radar net detects what it suspects to be an American aircraft. But the people in the city are getting ready for what they believe is just another day. Children old enough to go to school are making their way in. Those too young play on sunny verandas while their parents get ready for a day's work in the city or at home. War is very much still happening, but it's important to remember that so is life. That is until an alert is given at the spotting of an American aircraft and radio broadcasting is stopped. At around 8 o'clock, however, the Japanese radar operator determines that the number of planes coming in is so small that the air raid alert can be lifted. 15 minutes later, the world's most destructive weapon is dropped. At a quarter past eight, the American B-29 bomber, the Enola Gay, drops a uranium atom bomb over the city of Hiroshima. It causes a blinding white-blue flash. A fireball with a temperature of more than a million degrees Celsius is created, sending surface temperatures to 4,000 degrees Celsius. 
The bomb, nicknamed by its makers as Little Boy, is responsible for up to 120,000 fatalities, with the closest vaporised by the high-pressure shockwaves and heat. Buildings are melted and the city is reduced to dust. I'm your host James Rogers, this is the Warfare Podcast, and with the bombing of Nagasaki three days later, the dropping of the bomb is said to have brought an abrupt end to the Second World War, with Japan unconditionally surrendering on the 14th of August. Those who survived the bomb are known as Ibaksha, and Kiko Ogura is one of them. My name is Keiko Ogura. I'm telling my story of what happened in 1945 around August 6th. When I was eight years old, when I was eight years old, I was exposed to the atomic bomb in Hiroshima City. And then I started to tell about my story. Actually, after my husband passed away, my husband was an official interpreter for the city and he was a spokesman to the world. And a couple of times, he was a director of the Peace Memorial Museum. So always I was thinking, that's my husband's work. I didn't pay much attention. But all of a sudden, my husband died in 1979. So almost 40 years ago, that means I am right now 84. And I started from 42 years old, half of my life. I have been introducing Hiroshima to the world, I think. Well, Kiko, welcome to the Warfare Podcast, and thank you for taking the time today to take us through your personal history of the bombing of Hiroshima all that time ago, almost eight decades ago now. Perhaps you could take us back to the 1940s and tell us what was Hiroshima like before the atomic bomb? Before atomic bomb, Hiroshima city was a kind of military city. In the center part of the city, there was the headquarter of the military during World War II. But before that, we had the Sino-Japanese war. Before that, we had the Russian war, you see. And Hiroshima became bigger and bigger as a military city. But we didn't think there was not any kind of battle in the city. So that's a faraway place in Asian country, we thought. Now we are, center part of the city is Peace Park, but before the war, that was downtown city center area. I used to go there, enjoy. There were theaters and the shops and so on. I used to go there. Then uh, Japanese soldiers were sent to battlefield in China and some Asian countries. That time, I really remember that young soldiers stayed overnight, one night at ordinary people's house, and then maybe around 19 or 20, a soldier stayed overnight in my house, and a mother prepared a nice dinner, and he was sent to Asian countries, I think. But... I was getting older and I entered the elementary school. Then the elementary school where I was, was, you know, one kilometer away from the hypocenter. Within one kilometer, 60% of people died. 
my father thought it is rather dangerous. And 2.4 kilometers away, I moved. And those days, until eight years old, children could stay with the parents in the city. But the over eight from nine years old to 12 had to evacuate. And in the temple, in the mountain area, and the 13 to 15 years old students had to work in the center of the city to break down houses to make a fire break. And so many students died. I have many brothers. One elder brother did evacuation when the bomb was dropped. And the other brother was working in the city. But he was so lucky. He was working on the fifth in Hiroshima City. But he was transferred on the sixth different place. But first-year students, 13 years students were working. Over 320, all of them died. Nobody survived. But my brother was lucky. It's incredible to think that on that day, on August 6th, 1945, that so many people's lives and their deaths were really down to the chance of whether or not they were in that hypercenter, whether they were near the second army base down in the center of Hiroshima. And that your father, his intuition that you being at school near to a military base might not be the best idea. He must have seen a lot of the firebombings happening already across Japan and wondered whether or not Hiroshima might be next. So tell us, Kiko, what do you remember from the blast? People, not instantly destroyed, not instantly caught the fire. First, there were three steps I really remember was when I was on the road, all of a sudden, when the bomb exploded, everything seemed just white. I couldn't see any color, you know. And then soon after that, I was blown and beaten on the road and they became unconscious. When I opened my eyes, everywhere was just dark. Couldn't see anything, so quiet. But there was one cottage in front of me burning, and uh, that's a farmer's cottage. A uh, roof was made of straw. That means uh, flammable things started to burn instantly. I was two, over two kilometers away, but such a far away place, the roof was uh, then started to burn. So because of that, in the center part, the people instantly caught the fire and that their clothes started to burn. Everywhere, fire started. But secondary, because of the blast, I felt like I was in the midst of a tornado or typhoon. And then couldn't bleed, couldn't stand, and the wrong. And all Hiroshima and the buildings, mostly made of, you know, wood, but the even concrete bill crashed down and the fire was dulled. Why I know this precisely is one of my close friends, she was in the bunker. She was a helping military officer in the bunker. She was an operator. Report now Hiroshima had air raid warning and so on. So, so even the bunker was destroyed. And then she was unconscious for a while, but she stepped out and saw the whole city. 
And at that time, maybe five minutes later or so, and that baka was so strong and she could survive. But when she stepped out, that was inside the middle of the army base. And she saw everywhere, no fire. But that area first, there was a fire, but no fire, she said, after a few minutes. Then after that, here and there, so many places under the crash-down building, fire provoked. That is the second, that was the second fire. And then so many places over there, and the two, three, four, and the fire reached. That made people so sad, very cruel, because soon after the bomb, after the blast, some of the people were still alive, you see. Many people were caught under the crash down building and asking for help. But the fire reached, and they couldn't do help. They were asking for help. But even though parents, mother, had to leave, because those buildings, crust-down buildings, started to burn, they couldn't do anything. So early days, soon after that, some of the people could crawl, and they got up from the building. But... Many survivors I've been interviewing and said that my beloved children are still alive asking for help, but I left and I am surviving still now. And I know so many years, many, many survivors that brave themselves. Many people after the bomb reaching to my area. And uh, they believed there might be first aid station. And uh, I live near Shinto Shrine. And the Shinto Shrine must be first aid station, people thought. And the victims rushed. Even my area, because I live near Shinto Shrine, well, that was so horrible when I stepped out. Move over Rome, move over Greece. This month on The Ancients, we're heading to the Americas, North, Mezzo, and South. Join us every Sunday this August as we explore this area of the world's extraordinary distant past with leading experts. From the rise and fall of Teotihuacan to the mysterious Nazca Lines. A journey through the ancient Americas every Sunday this August on The Ancients from History Hit. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com code program. Explain that to us, Kiko. You were located about two and a half kilometers outside the point zero of the explosion. What was the immediate aftermath of it like? Well, at the first, we did not know what happened. Everybody thought the bomb was dropped on us. Everybody thought. And that we couldn't believe that the Hiroshima city was completely destroyed by a single bomb. Nobody believed. So first, we were astonished, and we did not know what. So almost all day long, people couldn't enter the city. I remember all night, the city kept on burning, but I encountered many people coming, crossing the bridge, and coming to my area. And in front of my house also, first I sensed. And then inside my house outside, everywhere people were and dying, you know, in the morning, still alive, afternoon, stopped to move. In the evening, they were dead. And then all the night, the city kept on burning. But next morning, I climbed up the hill and saw the whole city. I was astonished because I could see everything was destroyed. But uh, from the following day, I saw many, many lines of smoke, of cremation. My father was so lucky he was not hurt. So he started to cremate. People were gathered in the park where my father was working. Hundreds of people a dead body were brought there. And then I saw from the everywhere on the riverbank, on the seashore, lines of smoke. Hiroshima City everywhere. Smell was so bad. And in my house, inside my house, outside, people were lying on the road. And then my uncle reached over 20 pieces glass on his back, bleeding battery. And, uh, my sister was picking up those glasses. But not only that, people 
enter the city to find out from the following day without knowing the radiation. And by and by, people said, Oh, why that person coming from the city then became sick? And among my relatives and some who didn't have any scars, nor burned, but died within a week or so, we were horrified by radiation. Of course, so people entered, scarcely entered, returned home and、uh, died following day and so on. We couldn't understand. So people whispered, maybe in the city there is a kind of poison gas or so. We thought so. And then whether we entered the city or not, or how many hours we were in the city, it's up to the people. And after the bombing, you know, that time people who were not in the city, but staying there longer, Then they died or they became sick. And also, rain. It must have been a terrible rain that came down. Was it thick through the smoke and fire of the bomb? What was the rain like? Ah,、uh, rain. I have experienced before people were rushing to my area. I step out. Then, how many minutes later? I don't know. But、uh, there was a rainfall. And then on my blouse, there were dirty spots, dark gray colors. What's this? I thought, but I couldn't understand. Later, that was a kind of rain contaminated with radiation. Hiroshima had so called black rain, but the Nagasaki is different. It's like American, you know, nuclear test, white powder. And then、uh, somebody who had the white powder. Uh, that was contaminated by radiation. But in Hiroshima, many people later,、uh, heavy rain area far away from the center of the city,、uh, developed cancer and serious disease. So there were so many lawsuits appealing to the government and、uh, to get the certificate and、uh, want to have、uh, help for medical treatment and so on. So many people were dying every day. And one thing we were worrying about was、uh, couldn't understand why people are dying. Of course, no first aid station, no doctors at all. Until the end of that year, we did not know how to survive. We did not know about the water, whether water was contaminated or so. But anyway, And then 10 years later, something had changed greatly and the tuna bowl too was contaminated by the hydrogen test in Pacific Atoll. That was the first time a survivor spoke out. I am a survivor. Look at me, you know. And then anti-nuclear weapon and movement started. Until that time, we didn't talk. We try to hide our experience, try to hide our scars because we have been worrying about the genetic problem, discrimination, getting job, and getting married. And it took a long time for the scientists themselves and the military and the US government to figure out the true impact of radiation. So, like you say, it was a It was a decade before the effects of that were truly known to science, and the people who had gone through it were believed about their symptoms. 
But take us back to Hiroshima and tell us, when did the first help arrive? How did the city begin to rebuild itself? Rebuilding started four years later. Actually, special law for reconstruction passed. That's a special law only for Hiroshima. So four years later, we got the budget. Until that time, we didn't have any budget, no help, no food. People were starved. You know, doctors couldn't find out how to cure people. But four years later, first, we started to make a peace boulevard and a peace park because the budget means to reconstruct a peaceful city. So everywhere in Hiroshima City, we name Peace Bridge, Peace Park, Peace Public Park, even though Peace, Peace everywhere. But what made us encouraged was next year, five years after the bombing, we made our baseball team, Hiroshima Cup. That was five years after the bombing. Children wanted to have a kind of dream Everywhere, children play catch ball and uh, nothing uh, to play with. So they made a handmade ball and playing catch ball. Finally, we started to make our Hiroshima Cup. Always we are, you know, damaged, depressed. But to make that, we offer our money, you know, and then built, finally built Hiroshima City Stadium. So that was five years. But uh, still now, it took such a long time. That must have been a remarkable day, Kiko, when you were able to go and see the Hiroshima Cups play for the first time and, and have some sort of semblance of normality return to your life. Yeah, we need a dream, you know. And actually, one thing I want to say is everything has changed. Broadcasting, and media and education. When I was a little girl during the war, and the teacher said, kids, Americans, British, Australian, they are so cruel. Tall nose, red cheek, blue eyes, blonde hair, but very cruel. Agreed, he said. My teacher said. I was wondering what kind of creature those enemies are. But actually, for the first time, I saw, within a year, I saw the station army, that was an Australian soldier, at the black market at night. I was surprised. Gee, he was so handsome. So everything I learned at the school was not right. And until the end of the war, over the radio, we heard Japanese military destroyed, American, you know, destroyer, <laughs> but just the opposite. But the people believed. And then we were short of food, always hungry. And the teacher said, you should not complain until Japan get the victory. And then we perseverance was our motto. My brother was in a temple in the suburbs, and uh, they were evacuated, but many of the children lost their family members. When a devastated city, so many, over 2,000 even orphans returned. 
And uh, so they were not told what happened in Hiroshima around August 6th. No, for the first time they heard what happened to Hiroshima was August 15th. We heard the emperor's voice, you know. That time, and Buddhism priest opened the main door and said, your parents and their and brothers and sisters are already dead in the heaven and like that. And then, including my brother, and they ran away around midnight. They were so horrified. We'll be killed. We'll be killed by enemies like that. And I did evacuation after the war. It's crazy, you know. During the war, I didn't. But as soon as surrender was announced by the emperor, it was that point your family decided to flee because you would have had the Allied soldiers moving through and everything you'd learnt in school had said that these were monsters. And that happened on both sides. I mean, for you, for civilians trapped in the city after the horror of Hiroshima... What we wanted to have information, no information, even though Hiroshima was damaged badly, not so reported nationwide, and then Nagasaki bombing. But the citizens did not know well what happened until emperors, for the first time, we were told and listened to the radio emperor's voice. At first, we couldn't understand what the emperor was talking about, a different way he was saying. But after that, soldiers, you know, returned from battlefield from Asia. Hiroshima series full of Joe's wounded soldiers and so, so menace. More, everything was completely different. But the information, information about when we get food, whether a water was safe or not, no information. But so many station army jeeps came and many children rushed and they gave me chocolate, gave me gum, like that. They rushed and then all people were afraid we might be killed or raped by station army. No, they were so not so bad, you see. So that was amazing. And do you think the way in which the Allied troops treated the civilians when they did come to finally occupy Hiroshima and the surrounding areas, do you think that that helped in your post-war ability to reconcile what happened, to reflect on the bombings of Hiroshima? Did it help you overcome your anger? I mean, are you still angry? How do you feel about it today? Well, many people are still angry at the leaders, I mean, not the American people. There were so many beautiful stories American citizens sent stationery to elementary school kids and the kids, they draw a picture and they give back. Or I remember some of the canned food from America, citizens gave. But I don't think America government did and so and so. I started to learn English as soon as possible. Everything comes from English, I thought. Because after the everything, uh, radio was switched to English learning, conversation, you know. ABCD song, ABC song. All the children, ABCD, every day, 
and sing. So I envied, oh, if I can speak English, then I will ask for the station army soldiers. Do you have biscuits or chocolate, something like that? But the old soul, uh, how fear that every time I had a strong fear against the airplane, you know, we were shot, you know, not only atomic bomb, but the small airplane and did gun shooting from the airplane. So such kind of trauma I have, I was so scared until now. Well, with that in mind, Kika, I know that in 2003, you came face to face with the Enola Gay because you were the interpreter there for the Hiroshima survivors. And, and that's the plane that dropped this bomb, that dropped Little Boy. It was captained by Tibbets in the pilot seat. And at that, that, in that early morning on August 6th, it dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. How did it make you feel to come face to face with that machine? Yeah. We got angry at, you know, of course he was ordered by the president and so on. During the war, everybody became insane, crazy. But after the war, he came and some pilots came and met survivors. But I don't want to say, and I'm sorry, or that I did a good thing. And they said the same thing. And when I went to America, I was told American people dropping the bomb was a good thing. Without dropping, you couldn't survive. Thanks to the bomb, and they say. Then there was an argument. So I feel like maybe a certain percent can't help first bomb. Why Nagasaki bomb? Already the casualty they know. But Nagasaki bomb seems and Nagasaki people feel like, I feel like guinea pigs. That's a different type of plutonium type bomb. How about that? So in that sense, I get angry at the leaders and the scientists and so on who ordered to drop the bomb. But the ordinary citizens, they did not know. But as a survivor, a hundred percent. We want to abolish total nuclear weapon. For us, one nuclear bomb, a thousand nuclear, it's almost the same. A single bomb means the same. Very, very evil thing. And likely more so today in terms of escalation, but also the yield, the explosive capacity of just a, a single atomic bomb, many hundreds of times the power of that dropped on Hiroshima. And in fact, it's just this week as we mark the anniversary of the bombings that the UN Secretary General has stated that humanity is simply one miscalculation away from nuclear annihilation. Is this why you keep telling your story, Kiko? Is it, is it a message to hand down to the next generation? Next generation, don't forget what happened in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And we cannot survive with a nuclear weapon because nuclear weapon is not only this time, but for the future generation, it keeps. I am 84 years old. I have been repeated so many times we shouldn't have a nuclear weapon. I feel like total abolish, even though we don't use nuclear weapon. Now, till we have a kind of hope, you know, anti-nuclear treatment 
was concluded, but still we have to work harder. All the countries should be united together. I don't want to die without seeing total ban of nuclear weapons. Well, exactly, Kiko. And thank you so much for continuing with your efforts to bring this history to people's lives, to, to have that real world living connection to those terrible events that happened on August 6th, 1945. And we can only share your hope that we do have a, a ban on nuclear weapons because uh, there is not one person out there, be they politicians, military or civilian, who would advocate for the first use of nuclear weapons, not even during the, the hottest days of the Cold War. So we, we most certainly share that hope mm-hmm. and dream. We should not repeat the evil. This word is encouraged the surface of the senators. This is our pledge. Shouldn't repeat this evil. So please work together. I need your help. We means you and me, everybody. Well, Kiko, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thanks for listening. But before you go, a reminder that you can now follow along online on Twitter at HistoryHitWW2, on Instagram at James Rogers History, and on TikTok also at James Rogers History. You can also subscribe to our. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Free Warfare Wednesday's newsletter via the link in the show notes. And before you go, remember, as a Warfare listener, you get a special discount at History Hit. Subscribers get access to blissfully, uninterrupted, ad-free podcasts and thousands of hours of history documentaries. You've got everything from the American Revolution to my own documentaries like Traces of War, Weapons of War and 24 Hours in Normandy, where I follow in the footsteps of the Green Howards on D-Day from their beach landings to being awarded the Victoria Cross and all the way through their first day where they made it seven miles inland further than any other British or American unit. So head over to historyhit.com forward slash subscribe or follow the link in the show notes and use the code WARFARE to get 50% off your next three months. That's the code WARFARE to get 50% off. And if you're an Apple listener, you can subscribe for new ad-free episodes within the app. So give it a go. I know you're gonna love it.